November, the church invites us to explore the last things, our beliefs about what happens after we die. That's why we write the names of our deceased loved ones up here on the altar every November here at John the 23rd. There's still some room on this poster board and there's markers, so if there's anyone you would like us to remember who's gone before us, please feel free to come up after Mass and add those names. In the three centuries before the birth of Christ, the Jews developed a belief in the afterlife. Several passages written during this time period testify to this belief, including parts of the book of Daniel and our first reading today from Maccabees. Of course, the Jews hadn't yet agreed on what books would be included in their Bible, so this led to some arguments. The Pharisees believed in the traditions recorded in these books. The Sadducees, however, held that only what was written in the Torah was sacred, and the Torah did not speak directly about life after death. As one of our beloved listed up here, over here, Father Neil McElhaney of the Paulists, of happy memory, liked to explain his love of puns and his scripture scholarship. That's why the Sadducees were sad, you see. They didn't believe in life after death. In our gospel passage today, the Sadducees try to prove that life after death is ridiculous by taking one law in the Torah to a preposterous extreme, the law requiring a childless widow to marry her husband's brother. Jesus explains that it's not the Torah that's ridiculous. It's the Sadducees' expectation that life in heaven would be similar to life on earth. God has graciously, mercifully included us in his plans for salvation. Let's celebrate that. It's been said that one of our problems as humans is that instead of believing that God made us in his image and likeness, we keep trying to make God in our image and likeness. You've probably heard this joke before. A first grade girl is drawing a picture. The teacher asks, what are you drawing, Sally? The girl replies, I'm drawing a picture of God. But Sally, the teacher says, no one knows what God looks like. The little girl responds, well, now they will. <laughs> or maybe, like me, you've had atheist friends tell you that why they don't believe in God. They describe their understanding of the Christian God, usually a powerful, uncaring, temperamental man who's more like the mythological Thor or Zeus. And I often respond, we're in complete agreement. I don't believe in that God either. So here we have the Sadducees trying to make an argument for why there can't be life after death. They can't comprehend how a woman forced to marry seven brothers by the precepts of the Jewish law would be married to all seven of them in the afterlife. Jesus' response is, exactly. You can't comprehend it. Because you're trying to make heaven into a carbon copy of earth. Our existence in heaven will be very different from how we currently live on earth. And now we reach a fork in the road on where this homily could go. We could take the intellectual route or the emotional route. The intellectual option is to speculate about how heaven will be. For example, we could try to parse out from Jesus' response what exactly happens when married people arrive in heaven. What happens to those couples who have had a wonderful marriage on earth? 
What happens to those who have had multiple spouses for whatever the reasons are? What about those couples who've stuck it out together even if they weren't blissfully in love? The fact of the matter is, we don't know. But I'd like us to explore the other option, the path less traveled, the emotional route. When it comes to talking about dying death and eternal life, I think the emotional route is by far the more appropriate. Yes, all of us want to understand what will happen to us and our loved ones when we die. But the reality is, we can't understand. All we can do is trust Trust in God's providence. We know that in heaven we will be united with God in a powerful and profound way. Our relationships that we forge from our time on earth will still exist. But how we relate to one another is beyond our comprehension. In his first letter to the Corinthian Christians, St. Paul paraphrased a passage from Isaiah that sums it up. We frequently sing a song here at Blessed John 23rd based on Paul's quotation. What eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, and what has not entered the human heart, what God has prepared for those who love him. We don't have a clue what heaven will be like, but we know that our God is a loving God. If we try our best to be disciples of Jesus Christ, we will arrive in heaven on the last day. And whatever God has planned for us there, it is wonderful beyond our wildest imagining.